right. Hi, Kate. Hi, Joe. Welcome to my kitchen. I like your kitchen. I know. There's good conversations in here. It is. I love this kitchen. This is my favorite part of the house. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has a heartbeat, the kitchen. Good light. Mm-hmm. All Big are welcome. It, yeah. Like, you could have a whole bunch of people in here to chat on the microphone. Yeah. I'm sitting on my counter. Yeah. For you people that can't see me. So, it's the solstice. It is the solstice. A lot of things happening. There are a lot of things happening. I was just admitting that like a few years ago, I didn't even know what solstice actually was. I still don't even know if I know really what it is. But you know what I mean? When people were like, oh, it's winter. I'm like, okay, it's winter. Like, why? What do you mean the longest? And I don't know. Some people were really like dialed in. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel like each year I'm like dialing more into that request to slow down. Right. At a time where everyone has to speed up, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. This, especially this time of year. That's like, what I'm saying. I gotta go buy the things. Yeah, to give people all are the like, things. I gotta go run people over to go show my love and joy to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. I talked about that two weeks ago on my coffee Did you? talk. Yeah, about presence and. Oh, and being the present. Can you be present? Yeah, people don't want to do that. No very scary it is very scary and you know and then it was interesting because i've been doing this you know playing with the love languages Mm -hmm. and when i did the love language quiz i was like i literally felt like yucky every time there was a question about would you rather a gift or a hug from someone Mm -hmm. would you rather your you know someone Mm -hmm. buy you something i'm like really there are people that want that and there are, and there's nothing wrong with it. Well, my, the way you said it just made it really clear something is wrong with it. Well, no, because so maybe there are it's like a reframe. That... Like the gift could be non-material. Some people like, like, oh, I was at the store and like I thought I got your favorite muffin. Like that goes really far with me. Do you it, know what I mean? Yeah. Like those kind of gifts of like, oh, I mean, I like gift giving. I'm not gonna lie about that, but like that material. Uh, Cognition of noticing me when I'm not present with you is big, but it doesn't have to be uh, financially driven. Right, right. But I think with everything, we all evolve differently. For sure. And there's some people that just need that. Right, they need like, get me a sweater. Yeah, something. (laughs) Or jewelry. Like, I need to have the jewelry to prove that I'm in a relationship. Right, right. Mm. And I would much rather just buy someone something if it, if I see something if, if, if there's a connection like, I love that oh. like right mm-hmm. but I would much rather just hang out than for sure then I would rather be present than be getting or giving presents well yeah because you can get a gift and still feel completely hollow if there's nothing right behind it yeah I use this example of oh cool your loved one gave you an iPhone for the holidays are they gonna pick it up when you call ooh that's oh. That's good. <laughs> that was an unfettered response. That is, that's the metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. Because that gift could be so many things depending on, because if it is somebody that receives and they want to make sure that they're in touch with you, then that actually, that large gift is actually a sign of such a deep love, right? Mm-hmm. But if they don't pick up, that's not a mean jack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like it. <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> 
so yeah, I, I, I took the, a big part of the morning to meditate and mm-hmm. and connect, and then Stella and I went for a walk in the woods, which I believe you and Nui are going to Nui do. Nui and I are headed off um, into the woods after this. It's just that's to me the place that is the purest form to connect and to replenish is in the silence. And luckily, since everyone's out shopping, the woods will totally be quiet. Yeah, we're serious. It, I didn't even think of it. Like I was just sitting here and mm-hmm. editing the the podcast that I just put out this morning, and Stella like finally came downstairs, like you know, finally got out of bed, and I'm like, we're gonna go, and I just figured we would go for our normal walk, and then there was just something that was like, why don't you just walk into the woods? Mm. And it's just so nice and quiet and nobody. I around. love it when there's nobody. I there's something about returning to a place during all seasons Mm -hmm. like the Wissahickon depending on where you are if you're not in Philadelphia it's just this really gorgeous tremendously large urban respite of woods (laughs) right and there's like a couple of trails that we each probably go on pretty religiously and it's like it's funny when I go past the same tree in the same trail and I know that in March and April I'm going to start to see like 20 times more people but come December I'm not going to see them anymore and I'm still there you know like I'm still and there's something about like checking in um, on nature in that way and like watching how the light changes it it brings a connection that you're supposed to sort of have instead of this like oh it's you know only doing things when it's easy or um, the other idea that I wanted to kind of bring out is this there's this article I have to find it about how like trees recognize you mm. And so that's also why sometimes when you visit, revisit the same place, you're like, oh, this is my spot. Because not only do you have, depending on how you see your body self, you might just be like, oh, well, it's muscle memory. And I just know that when I get here, I relax. Totally fine. But also, since it's cellular regenerative to be around nature, when you have a relationship and nature is recognizing you, I mean, then there's a reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So, so interesting, because there are a couple trees when we go on our little loop that I will walk up to and put my hand on Mm -hmm. all the time. They're the same trees. Huh. They know I'm doing it. They know you're doing it. And I mean, I'm teaching my son to do the same thing, right? So like he'll hug a tree because I always, when I go in, I tell him to like, say hi to the trees. And then we leave. We always say thank you. And if I forget, he has now gotten to the age where he's like, "Mm," you know, mama like and he like waves and we hug the trees and it's like well that's something and when people are like well how are you going to raise a child in a modern society i'm like well at least at two he knows you're supposed to say please and thank you to nature that it's not something that you can just take at at a whim it's a it's a live being you know Mm -hmm. so yes trees acknowledge you there was one of the first spiritual retreats i was ever on you just got so serious. I know. I tried to change my tone. We're to about try to get to do, ultra spiritual. To, to try to like connotate a different whatever. We were we were on Maui and we were told to go out and hug a tree and to feel the resonance of the tree. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, and they were like, if you cannot slow down enough to connect with a tree then you shouldn't be holding somebody's head in your hands. And I thought, okay, that's true. It's super true. I use that a lot in my retreats now. I have people like connect to, to trees, you know, depending on how accessible the people are. But I even did it in my um, keynote talk in Lehigh Valley. And mm-hmm. like 75% of the crowd was like, 
what did you just say? I was like, yeah, I know you're here for your financial planning for your construction site, but I'm gonna need you to go pick a tree. And you should go sit with that tree, okay? Oh, I can't wait to do that to people. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, so, we're approaching the end of the year and the end of the decade. Yes. And you've got some big things coming. I do have some big things coming. We both have big things coming, but yes. I have, um, I'm launching something I'm really proud of, which is called Sit in Your Center. It's for females only <laughs> it is it's okay i think that's why one of the many reasons we're mm-hmm. so connected mm-hmm. because you're doing this work for the ladies mm-hmm. and it's recently been brought to my attention that i'm supposed to be doing the work for the boys and i think our friendship is a good balance for sure in, in reflecting both of that you know the yep. masculine and the feminine off of each other in a way that how you're working on your program, I started to relook at the program that I'm about to release and realize. And vice versa. Hearing about your inspiration for going deeper with your clients has inspired me to think broader with mine. Mm-hmm. And we bounce the ideas off each other. And it is like this masculine energy and the feminine energy coming together in this beautiful way and helping both of us see things from a different perspective. And me realizing that, oh, even though I built this 12-week program and it's like, could be super big and juicy and very Mm -hmm. expensive, I also started to realize I can strip a lot out of it and make it so more affordable for people Mm -hmm. and so accessible for people as well. Well, it's the accessibility I think it's the accessibility that you're, because even if you may use the language, if I can say this, even though you're using the language of stripping away, I think it's like you're saying, if you compare us right now, there's a lot of ways that we're different, right? Meaning you you say in some of your podcasts, I have a lot of free time and Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of free time, Mm -hmm. right? So (laughs) I'm offering, we were talking about how, when is the right time to offer programs for people who, so who have a lot of time and for those who don't have a lot of time and I, what I'm hearing with what you the changes that you're making is that you're creating a platform for the people that maybe don't have as much time mm-hmm. while having an invitation for the container of those that are like this is my moment to go super deep so both of them are deep and both of them are supportive but it's knowing like because I think that's important to know where you are so that when you go put yourself in a coaching program or in a container or you're like do I need support or do I not need support? Like, well, what are you looking for? Like, what can you show up for? Don't say that you want to do something that actually you can't. So then it's a sabotage and you blame somebody else for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I think like what I'm hearing from you is that you're actually broadening your um, availability for people. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And realizing that there can be different levels of what everybody needs. Right. And when I first started developing, I was like, you need to do it this way because this is the way that I do it. Which is very masculine. Very, very much Mm -hmm. so. And then literally that weekend in my coach training class, Mm -hmm. John Kim was saying, not everybody is the same. And what works for you in your morning practice may not work for somebody else. And he was like... What I do, I wake up, I shower, I'm on my motorcycle, and I'm in a coffee shop by 6.30 in the morning, and I'm riding. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's what I do. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, right. Not everyone is going to want to do what I do, so now how can I change this in a way to make it more accessible and and say, where are you at your best? Mm -hmm. What time works for you? Where do you have the time? Right. More more investigative. 
yes. for them. You right, know, maybe, right, maybe right. they need to figure out where they are. And I think one of the reasons also that you and I working in focusing more masculine and more feminine is also that we both understand that to work on the feminine crosses male and female. And you understand that working with the masculine crosses male and female. So even though I'm doing a, f- a course that is for women only, it's not one of the, it's not the idea of better than either or. Mm-hmm. And I see people do that and I'm like, well, now you're just going to have to undo that. Right. Because we're all here together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like getting better at being inside of yourself, which is why it's called sit mind, it's called sit in your center, is because it, well, this actually came from wanting to share the philosophies in my body work because one of the big things about the clients that I work with one-on-one when there's that geographical availability is using body awareness but also story awareness and there were so many women that were like I'd ask them to breathe and they couldn't get past their diaphragm like they weren't literally even inhabiting their center Mm -hmm. and if you aren't inhabiting where your power source is like we have, it's going to be hard to get where you need to go and where you need to go is being you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So I, I, I think that um, one thing that I, one of the reasons our relationship has helped me create this course is that you, sometimes in your life you need to be able to check in with people that will hold you at, at, in a belief mm-hmm. and not in the difficulty, and I think that that is part of what, what I'm hearing from you for your course, also for myself, is that there's a million reasons why things can't work out. So let's occupy a space that teaches you that it can work out and that little, little micro movements in your daily life can actually have a, a culminative effect. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the things that I've been saying is with that, we have to change the dialogue from what's the worst that can happen to what's the best that can happen. Totally. And taking those little steps will get you to being in that space of what's the best that can happen and being in that space of being present and aware. And the other night I listened to this, well, I watched a YouTube video, Mm -hmm. and I think the YouTube channel was The Music Professor, and it was with Jason Mraz. It was a 10-minute interview about his song I'm Yours mm-hmm. and how when he originally wrote that song it didn't it wasn't on an album it didn't make it into an album and then the journey of how this song came to be downloaded 8 million times oh wow and when he was talking about it because I always feel really bad in a way when I say I want to wake up sleeping souls like that there's like some kind of negativity you know oh, with mm-hmm. it and but when I say wake up, I really just want you to be present, like really experience all the things. And Jason said, when you're singing a song, you're so present, mm-hmm. you're so awake. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. That's it. Being awake, like stepping into that. Mm-hmm. And I think both of these programs, in a way, help people yep. become present or awake, be in the moment, feel your center, mm-hmm. sit sit in it. And mine is find your light within. Like, where is that light? Like, mm-hmm. where is it burning inside? And how are you going to let it out? And the only way you're going to let it out is by being present and listening. And sometimes listening, you got to look at the things that are like, out. Oh, I know. That's it. <laughs> you have to make space for them. And I, it's so tricky. There's a quote by um, 
Clarissa Pinkola Estes that was talking about how dangerous housework is for women because it's never done. And if you're going to write that book or paint that painting as soon as the house is clean, it's the perfect excuse for it to never transpire. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, little things, you know, like again, like when I say I don't have a lot of time, that, that sometimes is seen as a cloak of like, oh, I'm so busy. But actually, it was like a realization, like, oh, I don't have a lot of time. In mm-hmm. a couple years, I will have more time. So instead of trying to create things that will literally be impossible for me to achieve and then punishing myself for failing, mm-hmm. right? Which people do all the time. It's like shift, like you were saying, like, oh, wait, not everybody's going to get on their motorcycle and get out the door at 630 in the morning. So if if I'm thinking everyone can do that, but that's not a reality, let's shift. So that's what I'm meaning mm-hmm. by like kind of shifting your focus on that. I think that some sometimes when you sign up for um, a class or a coaching session, part of the gift is, of it is, is you uh, force an external to give you permission to focus on yourself. Yes. And that's a major step. It Just is. that. Mm-hmm. We need to do that so much more focus on ourselves it's been coming up a lot with random conversations that i have that we've just been taught that you have to put everyone in front of you first and when everybody else is happy then kate could start working on herself to be happy right which is ludicrous so ludicrous especially when you other people say you have to love yourself before (laughs) anyone else can love you well no shit but if i'm putting everyone else in front of me how am i going to even start working on loving myself and it's this weird, like, you're not doing anything wrong by taking care of yourself. Well, see, that's just it. As I think it's funny because you need people to be selfless. And so sometimes people hear, you have to put yourself first. They're like, oh, then it's like, why does it have to go from one pendulum extreme to the other? Mm-hmm. The reality is, is if you aren't at least clear about what your basic needs are, then you can't really give to anyone else because what's co- what's going with that giving is all these little strings of resentment if you don't mm-hmm. get it back. Yep. And you might not even know it, especially because that's how most of the society functions. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll be congratulated for giving conditionally um, like everyone else does. Like, okay, I'm so exhausted, but I did this for you. So now I really know that when I call you, you're going to do the same for me, which is like, it's so much more freeing to, like you said in the beginning, buy the gift that was inspired for no reason that comes from simple purity of excitement and love given with no expectation at a time that was um, when it was needed and just let it, when I say let it come back to you, that's not conditionality. That's like, oh, you're living a life that you understand that when you take care of yourself, you are taking care of others and there's time for all of it. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's just stepping into that new paradigm Mm -hmm. that we've just been programmed with of, Everybody else is first. And the whole, like, I love how you said the doing things and then building resentment. Because I think of my ex-wife, Amy, who we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. And things that, you know, happen in probably most marriages. Like, okay, I'll do this for you now because you want to. But then what are you going to do? For me. For me. Later. Like, I'm going to go to the Christmas party because you feel we need to go. I don't want to go. What? are you then going to do for me that you don't want to do? Right. And that's so wrong. Totally. Totally wanted to say the F word right there. Thank you. But you're like, oh, that's going on Kate's podcast too. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> it is. It's just so it's so wrong. And then you build up this resentment, and it's like, well, I did the. I here's the list of things that I mm-hmm. did for you, and the list of things that you did for me is very tiny. Like you just don't love me as much. Right. It's it's toxic. Very, extremely toxic. And I think if you're going to be in a relationship, you're going to be doing things that you don't want to do and the other person. So that I know you're not saying that in case someone's oh, listening. Oh, right, right, right. But it's like, if that is the whole th- way the whole thing goes down all the time, dude, who wants to be there? Right. And I think we fall into that. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago as well, because we don't have real conversations. Oh my God, so true. You know? Like, mm-hmm. you start dating someone, it's like, so what's your favorite color? <laughs> What do you like to do? Do you got a fav- you got a favorite song? You know, and there's nothing real. There's no no, but you know what? There is a lot of presence. A lot of presence. There's a lot of presence. No real communication because we haven't been taught that we're allowed to ask those questions, right? right? So you get intoxicated by the presence. Keep going. I'm fairly fascinated. Well, with no, this but story. I like, and I think like, and then all of a sudden, then you're living with someone, right? And then you're living there, and you're like, wait a minute, wow, like. <laughs> You hate people, <laughs> and I love people. I don't think this is gonna work, you know. And it's, it's like if you just start, like you know, like I can't even imagine, like if I, you know, go for a hike with someone and I say, "What, what are your values?" I feel like a woman may look at me like I have twelve heads. If it's I, true. If I say, "What are your values?" Like, oh my goodness, where are you going? Like, like, like that's too deep. Well, yeah, I want to know who you are. Like, I'm sorry, I'm getting older. I don't have time to waste. Well, that's just the truth. <laughs> it's just the truth you know like I don't want to play these games and then find out a year and a half later that the person that I've been hanging out with is not who you projected them to be right. based on you know just like oh we're having because we're having a lot of presence mm-hmm. there's chemistry happening there's I think new relationships are always like this will be different even if you're 22 you know what I mean like this mm-hmm. is so exciting and it's just so new and so you're like just kind of you know steamrolling into something but the movies which if you really I know you talk about like opening the door to the woo but if you really (laughs) want to think about these things major programming is happening all the time in the media and in the movies and when does the movie end when they get together Mm -hmm. there is no modeling of sustaining of anything and I'm not saying Hollywood should be the one instructing us on that but the constant thing is as as long as you've locked into a relationship you're good See you later. (laughs) Have a great time. You're going to have coffee together. (laughs) Bye-bye. It's like, how do we... I mean, this is also not a very sexy thing, but it's like that is the problem with isolation and lack of intergenerational conversation. Mm -hmm. Because if you were back in intergenerational conversation, you would be watching what 40-year-olds look like in relationship. You'd have someone to talk to, probably not your parents, because... You need the aunts and the uncles and the extraneous mm-hmm. relatives to ask the questions. You know, like we're kind of set up that way. It's like not super mystifying how we've lost uh, touch on on those things. But I'm not sure how to get back. Right. Do well, you have ideas how uh, to get back? And then we all have to talk. We do have to talk. We need to talk. Like mm-hmm. families need to talk. Like have those hard conversations. Yep. And doesn't mean that having a hard conversation is going to like ruin anything it's like maybe you'll see something in a diff- from a different point of view or maybe I'll see something from a different point of view mm-hmm. but like I know my family and I love my family and my mom was raised in a bar so she has that mentality that you don't talk about God or religion ever interesting because it always causes right so much it's not good for social bills and bars and stuff I get it right mm-hmm. right 
But really, how are we going to learn about each other if we don't talk about those things? Like, if you don't tell me what you believe in, like, what are your values? Well, this is why you have to know yourself. Because if you don't know your own values, that's, this is part of the problem. Oh, right so, so big so, so big because when anyone listening out there when was the last time you actually stopped and said what are my values it's a really big deal and what are my boundaries boundaries i'm telling you right now <laughs> boundaries are the word for 2020 boundaries are the word i told joe when i showed up today to do the podcast that you know i called i told my partner i was like i need a day off Right, which you don't get a day off when you're a mom of a toddler. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't sound like a big deal, but I'm like, I'm about 48 hours away from getting sick. So either I can fall la today and face plant for Christmas, <laughs> or I can call it like it is of like, mama needs to be physically away from the small people. Cause you know, people don't talk about how they're just pulling on your energy all the time. They love you. Mm-hmm. That's totally like natural. But if you're a mom, you're like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, listen, I know what you're doing if your cup is empty. Cause you're like, leave me alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you need to go fill it. So I, I'm sharing that story. Cause that's a boundary. Yeah. That's a checking in on, Oh wait, my cup is getting not like festive low, like, mm. Mm. and my self care did not look, like scented candles. You know what I mean? It's a walk in the woods. It's getting some things done for myself today and having a pod. Cause you also have to be honest. Like, what do you need right now? Right. Not what Instagram tells you it should look like. Mm-hmm. What do you need? And that's boundaries. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't ask those questions because we're never taught. No, we're not taught. We're to not. Ask those we are not. One of the things that I really love about John Kim is in his book, I used to be a miserable blank. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that we are a generation of fatherless children. And not that my dad wasn't around. My dad was around, yeah. but he was working all the time, mm-hmm. doing what he needed to do, doing what a man was supposed right. to do. Right. And it was the 80s, and there was MTV, and I literally feel like I was raised by MTV. But never did any of the DJs, VJs say, hey, Joe, what are your boundaries? What are your values? What do you stand oh, for? so good. You know, it's like, hey, listen to this new song, My Madonna. <laughs> right, which is taking you far away from your boundaries. No, far that, away. I mean, phenomenal, but like little brains want to just get exposed to stuff. And it's not like, well, your parents should daughter. It's like, come on, dude, you know what you're doing for the ratings. Like it's the whole system. But let me go back to where you were with the fatherless. I'm recently, since we have a little person, seeing how isolating that could be for the father. Because it's like, well, if I don't do this then they're not gonna do the rest of it. So I just won't be emotionally fed by my family, but that's okay, mm-hmm. right? So it's the father and it's the son that, or daughter that is missing out from that moment. Oh yeah, everybody's missing out. Everyone's missing out. And I think what I've really enjoyed, and especially from photographing some new families, mm-hmm. the because this conversation has come up and the fathers have been awesome. There's a change happening. Yeah. and. To see the change and to be able to capture it has been Mm. beautiful. And it feels great, but it's also like the new fathers need to figure this out as well. And it's like they're figuring it out on their own. So, it's so true what you just said. And coming up with like the rules that work for them, which is great, but it's also super hard because it's like, where do they have to turn Mm -hmm. to say, hey, 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 anybody? Is there anybody? (laughs) Um, 
I'm just absorbing what you're saying because it's it's like not socially acceptable. And how would you, and even like in the little things of little people, you need someone else because you're like, oh no, I'm just trying to keep them alive. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you need to be able to talk to somebody mm-hmm. and there isn't, there isn't, you know, if somebody was like, oh, I'm going to go to a daddy group, it's like one, I don't even think they exist in most places. And mm-hmm. two, it's not socially acceptable. Right. And what relative are you calling? crickets exactly exactly <laughs> exactly and I, I mean i think that's a lot even with just men in general and there have yeah. been more like little men um communities and circles mm-hmm. set up but it's hard just to put to be a man and put yourself in a vulnerable situation to reach out and ask for any kind of help or even say i'm, I'm kind of hurting anyone yeah anybody? it's very it's very uh, shame inducing socially mm-hmm Right. When really it's like you're you're stepping into your strength by saying, "Hey, yo, I need a little bit of help over here." Oh, it's like the um, conversation that you had with the man about the nail, the nail polish. Yes. Are we not allowed to talk about that? No, we can talk about it. I mean, it won't be out until March, so people will forget by then. Okay. Well, I think maybe just sharing the how like you had. Um, freedom in high school to be whoever you wanted is kind of what you were sharing. Like you had a privilege to be whoever you wanted. Right. So I was recently interviewed for the new masculine podcast and a lot of things came up and I was Mm -hmm. talking about growing up and again, growing up with MTV and and seeing from like Motley Crue and hair bands and men wearing makeup and teasing Mm -hmm. their hair and wearing spandex and Mm -hmm. like, what is, what is happening here? Like there was these gender things happening, but no one was really talking talking. about it. No, you're right. Not at all. I didn't think anything about Axl Rose. No problem. Right. Exactly. Axl Rose or Poison. Like I remember when the first Poison album came out being in elementary school and a guy saying, look at how hot those girls are. And I'm like, that's, that's the band. They're dudes. And it was like this, what? Whoa. And I remember that kid saying, oh my God, am I gay? And I'm like, no, they look like girls. Like, whatever. I did not have that reaction. I, I'm just seeing things through a different filter. That's why it's really helpful. I don't even remember having a reaction. This is fascinating to me. So then, you know, so we go from a horrible 80s right. hair band rock to into the grunge world. And it's like, oh, oh, music changed. Right. Now we have Eddie Vedder and we have Kurt Cobain and we have Michael Stipe mm-hmm. and... Eddie is just kind of being Eddie, but he's being grungy and he's being himself. And then here comes Kurt, and Kurt is this like very sensitive, emotional, yeah. troubled man who has some black nail polish on and maybe some eyeliner and, you know, kind of playing mm-hmm. with like, this is me. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Stipe was just like, what? Uh, what? what? Whatever. Where are you? Yeah, right. Like, what's happening? Okay, <laughs> cool, but well, I don't even know. And from all of that, I just felt like I'm going to express myself however I want to express myself Hmm. and do it. And Mm -hmm. if I want to paint my nails, I'll paint my nails. If I want to put eyeliner on or if I'm sitting in class and the girl next to me is putting eyeliner on, I'll just throw some on me too. Like, why not? (laughs) And not even realize the, 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 I don't even know what the right word that I'm looking for. The, what is the word that I'm looking for? Well, the word you used earlier was privileged. Yes. How mm. privileged I was to be a white, heterosexual, strong man. Mm. That I can do that and didn't care. Because there was no, like, you weren't trying to prove something. Like, it was a game. Kind yeah. of, right? It wasn't like you were trying to, well, I don't know. Yeah, I wasn't really. I was just trying to 
I guess, push boundaries, mm -hmm. but didn't even realize I was pushing boundaries. Right. I think what I later realized is that I was this artist and I didn't realize I was an artist because I was stuck in this masculine bro dude of being a football player and running track. And oh. I didn't have any way to express myself creatively. And that was a permissive way. And that was a way for me to be like, oh, well, look, I'm going to dye my hair blonde and it's going to turn orange. I'm going to get as many earrings as I possibly can. I'm going to put eyeliner on. I'm going to paint my nails black and not care. And But I, there was no fear about anyone saying anything to me, like saying, what are you, gay? Like right. that didn't enter my head. Mm -hmm. And when I had this conversation, I felt so bad because I'm like, oh my God, there were probably guys that wanted to do that and mm -hmm. didn't do it because they were afraid. And I, and I felt so, so bad. Yeah. So I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening. I wish I would have had your back. It's such a sensitive time, the teenage years. It is. I mean, that's really like your last chance to grab a life before they have to go through a pattern that they'd have to undo 10 years later. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, looking at it, I'm, I, I'm sure my parents were thinking, what is going on with Joe? Right. But never said what's going on Joe it is kind of fascinating that we are steered away from doing the like let's use your father as an example but not like literally mm -hmm. here's a man that loves his family will do anything for them for them but not allowed to enjoy them uh. right parents want to do everything for their children but can't talk to them about it you know I see all these people that want these children but they, they don't spend any time with them because mm -hmm. they think there's no way to do it so it's like it's like this polarity we're stuck in this rut of the opposite where like the thing that you want to take care of you think the way that you do it is you have to buy into this current modality of like capitalism where then the only way you can take care of them is reaching the highest peak financially but then you're nowhere around for the presence of the child and I'm not saying that's what your parents did mm -hmm, for right. sure but that's kind of like the story that's going around right yeah like that's that's how it is I don't know I mean just sitting here thinking about this like these are these are the questions really that need that always come up at the end of the year you know mm -hmm. and I don't know astrology very well I talk about it because I'm fascinated about it but you definitely need to go find somebody that knows what they're talking about and <laughs> reference whatever I'm saying you know but, same same <clears throat> um, there's this idea that this started on December 17th although if you do the the switch of the calendars between Gregorian or whatever it's a little different that it's the cel that all of a lot of what's going on now aside from being the celebration of Yule is the celebration of Saturnalia of Saturn mm. and so Santa's kind of Saturn right he's the father of Christmas right. and he takes a break from all that arduousness you know um, I'm wondering like what we can do and when I'm saying what we can do, I mean like inside our own hearts, really, like to soften that place for the, for the masculine, you know? And I'm definitely someone that's like, women need space. Mm -hmm. They need to like undo this idea of servant and please a man and you'll be fine and you have nothing inside or blah, 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 or it's okay to only give your body away because that's what ends up happening. And people mm -hmm. are like, what, you mean prostitution? I'm like, no, like just this this constant exhale and there's no time for the inhale you know what i mean the deep inhale but we're all no matter what your orientation is we're all in this polarity of masculine and feminine together mm -hmm. we need there to be a place 
for the masculine that no one's talking about anymore, right? Like, I, I think your questions and your contemplation and, and, and that quintessential teenager, I mean, that's kind of what this time of year is asking us to make space for, right? Like, if it is time for the holidays and it is the time of giving and, and it is the time for the slowdown and we're going to make things different next year, like, where is that reorganization of light going to come from inside? I don't know. Well, it, I think it, it comes from starting with some self-reflection and taking time to sit. And again, I know, as Kate has said, Kate doesn't have a lot of time. But you have to find it, even if it's a couple minutes. You can find a couple minutes. You can find a I'm couple. proof. You can find <laughs> a couple minutes. You can. You can. And in that, you'll start to feel and learn about yourself. And then you can start addressing and looking at things like I literally I stumbled upon photos from five years ago mm -hmm. and I was looking at them and it was from this time in my life I didn't know what was going on and I was dating someone that was much younger than me and it scared the shit out of me but it was also so awesome and I was so scared but it was so awesome but I was afraid to step into the awesome because I had all of these like rules that I made, that I my self-imposed rules. Like I can't date someone that's 25 years old when I'm 40. I can't date someone that might be a stripper. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. But there were so many things in that seven week period of dating that person that I learned about myself. And as I literally randomly opened up that folder yesterday mm -hmm. it hit me like wow what did I run away from mm. not like we were gonna end up being together no no not the person necessarily I mean not to downplay the person but what right. was the invitation yeah and there were so many things that I did learn and it was I did a, a little IGTV video about it mm -hmm. like it, 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 there was so much fear of my own reflection mm. and I'm like wow what does this mean? You know, so it's I like... I do. I'm in, tracking you. Because I have this time that mm -hmm. I'm very thankful for. I was able to, yesterday, when that hit, take a moment and sit and breathe and literally reflect on mm -hmm. that time. And I'm looking at these photos and there's a photo of me. I'm wearing her coat and it has this big furry... Oh, Furry yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm in the middle of the road and I look so happy and so mm. me. Like, like mm -hmm. at that moment when that photo was taken, I was my most authentic, unafraid self. That's beautiful. But I allowed the fear to overtake that feeling. Oh, I'm tracking you. And it was like, wow, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. And it, it, but you like, again, I have the gift of, of this time well, to wait, be I, able I wanna, to self reflect. I want to say this though. I say that as a way to kind of tell people that you can find it, right? Even if you don't have a lot of it, because if you don't find a little bit of time, it gets super wonky real fast. You have no idea if you're going left or right. Right. And then shit just starts building up. It, yeah. And, and it becomes a pop. traffic jam. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, not finding the five minutes is, you know, that's, I guess that's what I want to say. Like sometimes in your life, you might have an hour. Sometimes you might have five minutes, but if it's your life, then whatever you can find is going to suffice. Right. Right. Not finding it doesn't is not an a, a, an excuse. You know, ten years ago, I had moved to Hawaii, mm -hmm. and it was the first holiday away. And 
I was recently thinking about this because I was like, oh, I'm almost on another new frontier, a very different one. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the time of between Thanksgiving and Christmas, I think it was, um, yeah, it wasn't quite Christmas yet. There was a, I had learned that there, there I didn't, I don't need to make, well, whatever, I'm just going to tell the story. <clears throat> There's a burial ground and there was development that was going to happen. And apparently there was going to be a 24 hour vigil. And I, I, sitting in this chair now, I understand what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. What do you, who's going to be vigiling? Why is this a big deal? Why are they telling us that we can come down if we want and bring food? I'm like, what is this place? What is this place? does not happen at the Marriott. You know what I mean? So I had been, luckily I had found when I had moved to Kauai that I had found a couple people that although they were transplants also had a deep reverence, you know, so I kind of even knew this was happening. And I was, my spirit is kind of like, oh, something's happening that I don't know about. I should go. Like that's my kind, not mm-hmm. everybody is like that, but I am. So I remember I went um, like really early in the morning. I think I went for like sunrise and I will never forget watching the silhouette of this woman dance but she was facing the ocean and it was the first time I was like oh they're committed to something that I don't even understand I I can't even grasp I will never forget the silhouette of that woman um and that how much power was there and how much reverence was there and how it was for no one else mm-hmm. even there there was so many people watching her that was a conversation that was not for the people that were watching her. And it blew my mind that you could have a relationship to something that large and that people would come together. Like in Philly, I've never seen anything about somebody coming together for 24 hours to be outside. By the way, it was raining. And not be like, oh, it's cold. I mean, because I'm like, I'm going to miss my parking spot. It's December. I'm not leaving the house, right? Mm-hmm. So to watch them go out and do something was the beginning of a major transformation for me of, I guess, so I've been thinking about that, right? Mm-hmm. And that you can carry this with whatever the wisdom is that people are like, you know, put your, where were you 10 years ago? And everyone's doing this picture. But there's a lot about the photos if you look in the eyes. Yeah. Eyes are the, the eyes doorway to the soul. So maybe like t- I just got chickens in. So it's like maybe it is about us thinking about not about what more we need to get, but what was coming up ten years ago that we ran away from. But it's it's never gone. It's your no, life. Never gone. Like it's I still gone. look at my like looking at those photos and remembering that experience. I instantly. I think Eric Dupree said it to me. He was like, Joe, you wrote this rule book for yourself nobody else did oh he's so good he is so good he's so good he's so good I'm like oh you're right and it is like for some reason I put these rules on me and sure they're probably from my upbringing and well, things I'm like hope- that I mean but we're all doing it ourselves right, right? we are yeah. we're writing the story we are writing the story and how do you want to write it and like those photos I'm so happy that the, the gentleman that called yesterday to say, hey, could you find these photos that you took five years ago and re-upload them? 
Is that what happened? Yeah. So an external came and asked to go look at something, and that's what that's what happened. Well, yeah, I was looking for photos that he requested that we shot literally five years ago, and as I'm scrolling oh, through I the hard this. drive, I stumble upon that folder. I'm like, oh, I gotta click on that. I gotta click on that. Okay, I'm having a moment here because I'm realizing that part of it, like that, I've struggled with is like, what am I doing in Philadelphia, right? So it's like my own rule book of like not being worthy and always being on the outside and being willing to like, because we were here and you had a friend here, and I can hear sometimes when I describe Hawaiian culture, it's like this bulldog that comes out. It's like, well, that's not very welcoming. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> no one appointed me to but like. But it is a very powerful place. Like you're not. I don't think you're saying yeah. anything in a mean way. You're being no, very protective. Right. It's it's protective, and but there's this. I think part of that protection sometimes comes from a rule book of mm-hmm. like that's my job. But if you're always the one outside protecting, when are you allowed to be inside? Yeah. So it's a fact. So I, like, kind of that's what's coming up for me is like now you know my son is getting older and travel is going to start happening again and like at the end of this decade there's invitations of kind of coming back to that moment and that moment is when I registered the website wisdom of one Mm. and the website because kate breton website just came out and it's so interesting which joe helped me with because coming back to the accountability when you're when you're um i asked two friends uh joe and kim morietta if you don't know her follow her at uh, create yourself awake on instagram but uh, two very different perspectives to both help me kind of see what maybe i can't see because i'm creating it myself but you know what's interesting as soon as that website got out I thought now I can really make wisdom of one the prayer it's supposed to be Mm. because the idea behind wisdom of one is twofold and it came from that night the, the name of that came from that night was wisdom of one awaken the brilliance within because something she was displaying had nothing to do with anyone else but it also was this idea that like I was invited into this space because we're all one and I'm only one person. So like whatever you see here, it's just the wisdom of Kate. Like it's just one perspective. And so I think that's sort of what's maybe happening this solstice. I mean, this conversation for me has brought stuff to light. Just like what's wanting to come forth and simultaneously as you offer something, you're fed and you're also asked to, you know, alleviate maybe some of the places you've prevented yourself from going to. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, what do you, what do you, stopping yourself from experiencing yeah why do you think you can't do it why not not that you can't even that you're not allowed right like let today be whenever you're listening to this like what if you were just allowed yeah because you, you you're writing the story you are making up those rules nobody else's and it's it, like i have tremendous respect for my parents but i'm a grown man right you know like this is my life now and i can't let you or my mom or my dad or my brothers or old friends influence the way I'm going to live my life if I'm going to truly live my truth and live my most authentic self so I need to like burn that rule book I need to set it on fire and just live authentically and not care and when I say not care I mean I don't mean it in a in a bad way I just mean I think when you're connected to yourself you know the places you're clear okay you're clear about the places that are Mm non-negotiable and then you're clear the places that you can ask for the influence right that's beautiful joy i happy solstice happy solstice kate so this was such 
a beautiful conversation. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was. So you'll be able to hear this on my podcast, Inspired Creativity, and on Kate's podcast, Rebirth, because we're just going to drop it in both worlds. Yep. Um, where can everyone register register for your program? Sure. You can go to katepretton.com, <laughs> which just birthed on Solstice, and um, click on Sit in Your Center and the wait list. You can put your name right in. Registration opens in January. If you're on my newsletter, if you click on to the, if you sign up for my newsletter on that, uh, the Inner Circle um, registration has opened and people are signing up. We're going to have a surprise call in January. Our doors for Sit in Your Center open February 2nd. And uh, that season runs to May 1st. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. And how about you, Joe? What can we what can we look forward to for you? When can we start your program? Uh, so my program is a 12-week program, and it's called Finding the Light Within. Mm-hmm. And that is going to start, I'm, I'm almost positive, January 20th. Mm-hmm. And new information is going to be coming out because of our conversations on how I'm now reshaping and remolding this program. And it's going to be 12 weeks and, and mostly online, unless you want to dive a little bit deeper. So to keep it affordable, it'll, it's going to be a nice, sweet little online community with live events and things like that happening that will help you create new habits to start moving you towards your truth. And you can find that on inspiredcreatemanifest.com. Have a great year, everybody. See you later. Oh, be on the lookout. There's going to be a lot of podcasts coming at you. Yeah, have a great year. as As the end of the year happens. But get ready, my friends. See you soon. Peace out.